From the art of the deal to keeping it real. Live from the Simply Vegas studios, it's the Power Move with John Gafford. Back again, back again, back again for another fantastic, fantastical, wonderful episode of the Power Move. I am your host, John Gafford. Colt is off today. Connell is off today. If the only reason you listen to this show is for them, you might want to just go ahead and skip to another episode because you're going to be a little lost today. I'm not alone in the studio today. I'm, I'm not alone. I'm sitting in the studio, blessed for all of me and for all of you guys today. Is, uh, is Jeff Fargo. And let me explain a little bit about who Jeff Fargo is. Jeff Fargo has become a little bit of a, call him a legend, call him a, <laughs> a stallion, a stud, whatever, I don't know, whatever you want to say it. In the title industry, of which I'm in, of which we own a business in the title industry, and, and Jeff is one of those guys who has made a name for himself and built an exceptional business in that space by not just being a great salesman himself, by being able to sell the products that he sells, but also by teaching others how to do that as well. So welcome to the Power Move. Thank you, sir. How you doing, buddy? My pleasure, I'm well. So good, so yeah. I always I always like to start this out, man, because anybody that, that that's a good salesperson, and today what we're gonna talk about is, is you know, of course, it's gonna be sales. So if you're in sales and if you think, man, I'm not even in sales, it's not what I do, you're still gonna wanna listen, because trust me, Oh yeah. If, it's Friday. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's today, I don't know what day you'll hear this, but if you're going out tonight, and you're you're a single person, and you're going to walk up to somebody of the opposite sex at a bar. Sex Absolutely, at a bar. you're in sales. Yeah, you're in sales, buddy. So you you might want to listen to just get all some y'all tips are in sales. This. Everybody, all y'all are in sales. everybody's in sales. So Amen. so take a listen. So yeah. I always like to start this out, man, because I I find that highly successful people there there's there are things that have happened in their life and there's similarities, if you will, as you go through it. So. I'd like to start out with, with, you know, when you were young, man, talk about your background, where you grew up, your family, all that stuff. Where, where, where does it start for Jeff? Where's it start? Um, born in Manhattan, uh, New York City. Okay. I was there until I was six. And then um, upstate New York, my family controlled 80% of all the commercial lakefront property on the north shore of Canandaigua Lake, which is number two per linear foot in terms of expense behind Lake Tahoe nationwide. Uh, my grandfather did all of it, um, starting from nothing. And so growing up, we owned an amusement park. A uh, 24-unit um, college housing complex, a 32-pad trailer park, 500-seat banquet facility. Wow. Okay. That's well, how so I grew up. Uh, well, that okay. Yeah, that brings me. Well, that's that brings my first. That's the first set yeah, of questions. Bananas. That's yeah. the first set of questions. Then. Yeah. I am a firm believer in tough times build great men, soft times build weak men, and it's it. Quite frankly, it scares the living shit out of me every time. Yeah. You know, I, I take my kid gets. You know, my, I take my kids somewhere. They get to do some of the stuff that they get to do. I'm yeah. always looking at them like, I'm, am I ruining these children? So Agreed. obviously, you, you grew up in a pretty decent household. Oh yeah. So, yeah. so my first question is, were you were, were there times in your life? Because I'll, I'll be honest with you. Right, because I'm I'm yeah. kind of the same way. I didn't I didn't grow up hard. I mean, I grew up in a, in a weird sort of a situation, where my father was an attorney, wound up being a judge. Uh, my but got divorced from my mom when I was very young, and uh, you know some things you should never do. I think one of which is is play pool for money against a girl that has a dragon tattoo in her own pool <laughs> stick. I think that's a bad idea, and I think also divorcing a southern lawyer in his own hometown in a small. South no. Southern town. That's a bad like move. A John too. Grissom novel. Yeah, yeah exactly. No. So, so my mom yeah. didn't exactly get the best settlement. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, it was weird because we were like the poorest people in the nicest 
neighborhood, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah, and, and it was, and it was a weird sort of thing, but there were times based in my life. Cause I didn't, I don't have that David Goggins story yeah. Of, yeah. of grind. You know yeah. what I mean? And there was probably times in my life where I could say, Maybe I was worthless. Maybe, yeah. oh. maybe, maybe I didn't. Maybe I didn't go so well. And, yeah. I, and to be honest, I would say that I probably started clicking on all cylinders. I mean, I had cool jobs that made a bunch of you know didn't yeah. make a bunch of money, but they yeah. were cool. But I would say I didn't really become what I would deem myself as successful until my mid thirties. So, like, wh- where were you with Agreed. that? Like, where were you? I was, li- and I'm I'm fifty two now. Okay. I literally the light went on for me. I was forty. 546 okay. and my wife at the time uh, became pregnant with our third child and she said and she was a teacher here in mm-hmm. Vegas uh, seventh grade um, at Del Webb and she said you know our other two kids I had to be home to you know raise them and be there um, and I or no I'm sorry I, I wasn't home I was working and so I want to be home with Jack with our two son yeah and she said can you step up financially and I was at a local title company here. It was my third year at that company. And I said, yeah, I'll do it. And that was it. And it was the thought of fear, really. Yeah. Fear of failure. Fear of making it go. Fear is a great freaking motivator, man. Fear is awesome. And so that's really what got me was I knew I had to make a certain amount of calls every single day in, to get in front of realtors. To get where it was. And, and there was times I'm in my driveway at my house and I couldn't go inside until I knew I had to make three or four more phone calls. And I did that. Wow. Yeah, that was that was the big one for me was another child coming, and that, then there it was, and that's my that's my job is to I feel I'm traditional that way, and you know I'm if she wants to stay home, okay, awesome, and let's do it, let's let's roll. Well, let, well I've let's, got this. Well, let's let's go back to yeah. to the the silver spoon. Oh yeah, uh, you know oh, apartment yeah. owning, oh, uh, yeah. amusement park having. Oh yeah. So so you graduate I was a mess. <laughs> I was a mess. So, so I'm, I'm, yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to guess. I'm, I'm going to try to stereotype you here based right, on that information. Full follow up. I'm going to go C student in high school because because you could get A's on all the tests, but you never did your homework. Agreed. Okay. Me, yep. Okay. That's me too. Same Agreed. thing. All right. There it is. Did, 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 you, did you get enough? Did, did they have enough juice to get you into college? Um, football got me into college. Football did, got you into Division three school, St. John Fisher College in Rochester, New York. Okay. Got me in. Gotcha. Um, football got me into there. All right. That's what happened. So I'm guessing yeah. also, I'm guessing also, I'm going to guess, so you're playing football for them. Yeah. And this may, be, I'm going to go either way. Maybe, did you join a fraternity? No, no You did not there. because- Small school. Small but, school. But partied, had a good time. Yeah. Stayed, actually stayed a fifth year, took a second major, <laughs> convinced my mom to pay for- You were for Tommy a, boy. Yeah. You were Tommy boy. Convinced <laughs> my mom to pay for a fifth year of school because um, there was a recession happening. All right. Is what I said to my mother. She's like, okay, fine. She didn't care. And so, yeah, I stayed a fifth year in school just to party. That was it. That was it. <laughs> that was it. That was me in, in, in school. So, yeah. so did you graduate? Oh, did yeah. You finished. You did. Yeah. You, did. you have a degree. I have a degree. Good Double for major you. political science, communication, journalism. Well, let's back up. Let's yeah. back up. Even I'm going to back up another step then. Please do. So, again, I like to say that you know, success excludes. What was the, as a kid, what was the, I always ask everybody this, what was the first hustle for money? Um, I worked with my dad. Uh, my dad's always been in sales, mm-hmm. uh, was in New York City, and uh, he sold life insurance. And so we went to gun shows and flea markets uh, every weekend, mm-hmm. and we'd sell uh, knives. And he was knife man, and I was, you guessed it, knife boy. You were knife boy. And he had, we had showcases on eight-foot banquet tables, and people would come by, and on the back of every single knife in a little sticky note was a number. Uh-huh. Whatever I got above that number, I put in my pocket. I was 10 years old. 
So dad, dad was letting you work dad on the arbitrage was, at yeah, 10 years old. Exactly right. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, one of the best salesmen I've ever been with is my dad. I love that. He's amazing. I love that. Yeah, and I, to this day, I have his, it's 60 years old, the Louis Vuitton men's attache case. That's a glorified laptop carrier for yeah. me. That was his first big purchase from a, he, his first big deal he did at MetLife in Manhattan. Oh my God. With Louis Vuitton and bought this bag. And five years ago, I went back to upstate New York. He said, you're a better salesperson than I ever will be. Take this. And what, what a great compliment. It's, it's amazing. It's, it's always great when the old man kind of. Oh, validation. Yeah. It, validation. It, you know, my, my dad, before he passed, said something to me that was, 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 I thought was great, which was, he said, uh, you're going to, you know, you, I know you'll be more successful for me because you're willing to take risks that I never was. I just, right. I just, I just, my dad was always super conservative. He always, you know, he was, you know, like I said, he was an attorney and a judge, but he always owned like weird things. Like, you know, it's like shrimp boats, like straight <laughs> for scump. Yeah, I was going to say. Like they had shrimp and boats. Yeah. I mean, he didn't go shrimping on them, but yeah. they owned shrimp and boats, That's right? Great. And just rant like tree farms. Like he would own, yeah, right? Just stuff like this where, okay. where you know, they grow pine trees and every every winter they would sell the pine straw that fell down to the landscapers. Yep. And then once every 10 or 15 years, they'd cut the trees for pulpwood. You know it. what I mean? It was just, you know, nothing, but nothing Funny. flashy that was going to get yeah. rich quick, but it was just always just kind of a slow grind stuff. So in college, did you, did you play football the whole time? I played my first two years and then blew my shoulders out and said, I'm done. That's it. Done. That's it. I'm out. And then just became a social butterfly and started bartending. Started bar so okay, so you're yeah. bartending. So you're bartending. Bartended at the, the Padams, the the college bar in East Rochester, New York, the where one. everybody from St. John Fisher went to. That's why. See, because yeah. because I see a lot of similarities here, and I like I always like pointing out similarities. So, yeah. I one of my first jobs, like I was working like crappy jobs, and then I bust my first table when I was probably 15, and I was done because it had nothing to do with. You know the the whatever they were paying me an hour, whatever the five four dollars an hour it was, being, I was being paid. It was that tip out at the end of the night, and then I was finished. So you know, went from, you know, being busboy to being waiter to being learning how to bartend at eighteen. And I was actually the bar manager of a bar when I was eighteen because in Florida you could do that. Yeah. And then I actually owned part of a bar when I was twenty. Awesome. A college bar. Jesus. I love so that. yeah, yeah. So yeah. I so I spent a, in a lot of great years in hospitality. So that that kind of became my life, and, and it's and it's hard. And if you're one of the people that's, that's listening to this, man, if you are somebody that is in hospitality, all right. And I give this same advice all the time. It is very easy, and I saw people over the years. You know, I, I own nightclubs, and I, I went up owning restaurants, owning bars, and stuff. And, and and I saw people, you know, get stuck in that puddle, man. Get stuck in that rut of go in, make your money, oh, yeah. get off, go to whatever bar is still open after you get off, drink the night's winnings, and, and then repeat. and then yeah. get up and rinse and repeat. Yeah. If you are in the bar business, you need or, or, or even the restaurant business, you better be in it to do one of a couple of things. Number one, start saving your money <laughs> to get into management. And, and the only reason you get into management is to learn how to own the place. That's the only reason. And there better be a path for you to get to A to Z because if not, a lot of people get sucked into that. Evolve. So, you have to yeah. evolve. I, I, I was washing pots and pans at Caruso's Lakeshore House, my family's banquet facility restaurant at eight years old, nine years old. I yeah. ride my bike down there because my mom ran the place, only child mm -hmm. of divorced parents. So did it to be near her Yeah, and got paid, you know, slave labor wages, but didn't care, you know, whatever. And just, and just did that and was fine with that. Yeah. Um, and, but it was, I saw the bigger picture because even though I was doing that, I saw how my mom would run it. And I saw her on Excel back in the eighties, yeah, nice. you know, it was bananas. No, it was, it was, what was it called then? 
Lotus one two three. Lotus, Lotus, Lotus one, it two, was three. Lotus one two three, and, and, and she was, and, and that I was amazed by that. That I saw the back end business part of it, but then also the front end grind of what you're doing, and yeah. but also completely took advantage of that and had no hustle. Um, I went more because I was I'm a mama's boy, yeah. and I went to go see her. Um, like I said before, the the switch didn't get flipped to me until I had skin in the game being a dad. Yeah. Then it was like you have another human but being. You got, but you got a lot of life here. A lot. Oh, I have but, stories. But so, so, oh, I have stories. So you oh, yeah. well, let's let's not get to that. So you yeah. grad you graduate from school and yeah. then you go into the what I call the drift. This, this is your drifting. You yeah. go into a period of drift. And I think a lot of people that even listen to stuff or watching this come down social media or whatever they're doing. I mean, a, a lot of you are probably at a place where you feel like you're not where you're supposed to be. Correct. You're just kind of existing. You're you're drifting. Yeah. And, and so tell me about your period of drift. My drift was I moved from upstate New York to Manhattan, lived on the Upper East Side of Manhattan and sold copiers for Canon, uh, for <laughs> Canon copiers for two years, door to door in the garment district. And I was knocking on doors. They thought I was immigration because I'm a briefcase <laughs> with a suit and it's these sweatshops, oh right? And it's, it's, it's real, man. Like the steel door would open. They'd look at me and slam the door. I'm like, I just want to sell you a fax machine, man. Oh, I don't man. know what you got going on in there. But. So let's talk, talk about a tough sale. You for, oh, step yeah. one, run off half of their workforce accidentally. Yeah, yeah. And now I'm going to hear to sell you yeah, a copier. Yeah, I just want to sell you a copier. I don't know. I have season <sighs> tickets to the Yankees. You want to come to a Yankee game with me? Yeah. Let's go. And, and so I did that for about two years. And so going back to my mom took over from my uncle and grandfather, everything. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I started with college housing. She put me in the Brentwood apartments is where I started at 22, yep. um, 24 unit college housing complex. And she said, you're managing this. Yeah. And she's great. She goes, it's yours. We'll go over P and L's monthly. The only advice I'm going to tell you is don't diddle the tenants. That's it. And so that went out the window in about 30 seconds. Actually, no, didn't? I didn't. Good for Knock you. On. I was good. Okay, I was good. good. For you? I have ridiculous willpower. I don't know how. Were you married at this point or were you just? Nope, single. No, single. Single and right. I was 22 years old. Yeah. And 23 and running a, you know, a, this, and it was 50% occupied. Um, yeah. After my first year, 100% occupied, cash cow, rolling. See, I, I, had a, I had a friend of mine whose dad owned a place in Orlando called Collegiate Village Inn. It was exactly the same thing. He did not take that advice. Yeah, he that's the, the, that's the thing is that with college housing, yeah. it's lucrative, <laughs> but yeah, you can't. You, you can't cross that line. Well, he got, he got what I like to call the Peter Pan syndrome. <laughs> oh, yeah. Where he's like 20. It, it was like Matthew McConaughey in oh, yeah. uh, Days of Confused. Like, yeah, this yeah. year's a crop of frost. All right, all chicks. right, all exactly. right. Yeah. That's the route he went. Awesome. So how long did yeah. you do that? How long did you stay there? 13 years. 13 years. So 13 years. Yeah. So what point? Yeah. So now you're now you're mid-30s, uh-huh. early 30s. Early 30s, yeah. What point did you meet your So I'm guessing that was part of a um, thing. So then I was, I was dating a girl at that time. In Canada, New York, mm-hmm. who I knew I'd never marry. She was awesome. And she said, one day, I'm moving to St. George, Utah. Mm-hmm. I said, where the hell is St. George, Utah? And she said, two hours outside of Vegas. I go, oh, I love Vegas. Yeah. And ADHD. I'm like, let's go take a look. I'm bored. Yeah. I was at a point in my life where my phone calls got returned. Um, I had a big Rolodex. I had people in Albany. And, you know, I'd, the minority leader of the assembly was one of my best friends. Mm-hmm. So I, I knew people. And I was bored. Yeah. A massive fish in a small pond. And so went to how much were you ma- how much were you making financially at this point? Mm, maybe 150 a year. Okay. You know, so not chi- not chicken feed. No, not bad. And this is uh this is 2004 to this is 2005 money. Okay. So yeah, pretty good. Um, so not bad. Pretty good. Was happy, um, was content. 
but didn't know the world that much because I was always in either a little bit of New York City, but mostly just Western New York. Yeah. Going to Buffalo Bills games in the middle of winter. Yeah. Seeing people play flag foot, foot football <laughs> with their shirts off in December. Yeah. Like, what the hell's going it's, on? It's so, fu- it's so funny, man. Those mafia. At one point, you know, I worked for a corporation. I had moved around a lot. And one of the places, I spent a lot of time in the Midwest. And I realized what a hard place that is to kind of yeah. move or even escape because, like, most people live in those parts of the world. Like, you, you grow up, you, you know, you, you buy a house seven blocks away from mom and dad. Yeah. You marry the girl you went to high school yeah. with. You're still hanging out with the same people. And it's it just, your groove, man. It just, yeah, it's, it's rinse yeah. and repeat, man. It just never changes. Draft so getting out of that. Draft beer, prime rib buffets. And, yeah. That's, you know, <laughs> going to join the Moose Lodge fish when you're uh, yeah. 45. Elks, 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 Elks Club. Elks. I was in Elks because they had great, they had great <laughs> spaghetti. Uh, their, their spaghetti dinners that were great. Um, and yeah, so I was just like, Okay, let's go check out St. George. Went there, interviewed with Caldwell Banker Commercial, and um, they, like on the spot, were like, get over here. We, we think you're great. Went back and talked to my mom, uh, helped her. We sold off, uh, I think it was probably 5 to $6 million. Mm-hmm. Um, ended up selling off, gave 90% of the money, went to her. Yep. Take it. Um, and then see, let's, see I, like, from I, there. I, like, I like that because you, you say it's like it was so easy. And people are probably listening to this right now like, okay, let me get this straight. This dude cast a hundred and fifty thousand dollar job into the wind on yeah. a whim to go see what else was out there, and yeah. I think that in itself, man, takes a certain kind of of, of moxie. And again, it's oh, about thanks. it's about risk. It's about risk analysis and risk reward. Agreed. So when you're making that decision, I think that decision is very interesting. Let, let's, I, I mean, take me back to like walk me through making that decision. It was really. It can't be as easy as you said. Well, to me, it was more about is the squeeze worth the juice? Yeah. And I was just at a point where I love Canada, New York. I go back almost every year and bring and bring some of my kids with me um, because I family. My dad's still there. I have friends there forever who I love and adore. Mm -hmm. But I I was bored there. Yeah. And so I really thought about is this where I want to spend the rest of my life? Mm -hmm. And for me, the economics of it was I could move to St. George. This is back before the bubble burst. This is 05. Oh, right. You're like, the market's right? screaming. The market's rolling it's right amazing. now. I'm going to freaking <laughs> kill it. Everybody's going to be a millionaire. Right? These guys are already saying, hey, we have plazas that we oversee. You can do tenant rep deals and done. We'll give you a book of business because of your hustle and who you are. Yeah. Which we can get into that in a second, how I did okay doing that. I cold called all of downtown, um, all, all of St. George proper, every single business there. As a um, as a commercial broker, just went and knocked on doors to introduce myself. Mm-hmm. No one had done that before, and I got business from it. Um, but that's we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. Um, so for me, it was more about okay, I could make the same, even more money with half the taxes, and it doesn't snow that much in St. George. Yeah. Um, because in upstate New York, it's brutal. Um, I've told all my friends, even my dad, if you die in the winter, I will send Kentucky Derby style roses to your. Funeral, but yeah. I'm not coming. I'm not. I'm, I'm not coming yeah. back. Love you. When I, <laughs> not coming back. When, when, when fall I left, or summer. When I left Detroit, I told was it Detroit? I think it was Detroit. I, I told people when I left Detroit because I when I was in corporate restaurants, I would, you know, be in a place for a certain amount of time, and and uh, <laughs> and I'd say I wasn't when I'd leave. I'd be like, oh, you know, I'll see you guys later. I'll see. Yeah. You. I'll come visit. You'll see me when I left Detroit. I'm like, you guys will never see me again. Gone. Like Deuces. I, I won't book. A, I will not book a flight yeah. that flies over this place. <laughs> I am out and you'll never see me That's again. That's Detroit. If you live in Detroit yeah. now, I'm sorry if I offended you. If you live in Detroit, I didn't mean to, but there you yeah. go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but, but so yeah, that was it really. It's just, so, it was, but, but it wasn't okay. So 
but you didn't. Re- there wasn't really a burn the bridges type moment. Like oh, you no, could have always gone back. Mom, mom would have welcomed you oh, back yeah. and found something. Yeah, and okay. and I I had built such a great and luckily earned it um, yeah. a name for myself in my little town of Canandaigua. It was front page news when I left. Uh, on the <laughs> the Daily Messenger interviewed me, and my picture was there, and it was front page news. That Jeff Fargo's leaving Canandaigua, New York. Oh boy! Yeah, it was crazy. Well, just my grandfather. We is own... there a Jeff Fargo day? And a... no, no, <laughs> God, nor, nor should there be. No, nor should there be. Um, but I mean, my my grandfather, Lester Boyce, he started from nothing, and I mean, had an amusement park that there were generations of kids yeah. that grew up there. Yeah, Roseland. See, that's park. the guy I want to talk to. I don't yeah. want to talk to. No, I'm just no, no, please. He's I him, him and my dad have been my biggest uh, mentors, and, and my grandfather passed away. I was 28. Yeah. Um, but there's so much I learned from him that I carry through today, like trusting people, doing deals on a handshake. I mm-hmm. still do that. Yeah. I still take people for their word and trust them. Yep. I get burned, but okay, that's somebody else's. That's how they want to do it, and God bless you. Yeah. Um. So if, I learned if, a lot if I, that if, way. If I told, if I said right now the amount of money that I have out on a handshake on a deal right now. Yeah. I don't think anybody would ever listen to this again because it's it's one of the deals I have out with on a handshake is 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 a lot, but I trust the guy. That's, there you go. And that's you know what, go with your gut. <laughs> that's it. Um, and that's something. If you're listening right now, I don't care if you are 19 years old or 99 years old. Yeah. Go with your gut. Always. Um, trust your instincts are good. Don't overthink it. You know, surround yourself with good people to advise you. But your gut's always going to almost every single time be great. Yeah, you're fine. Always. So, th- so that's that's what happened. That's what got me to St. George. So now um, you're well, you're working at Coldwell Banker now. Coldwell Banker Commercial. So this is interesting. Yeah. So you start out in you started as a commercial real estate agent. Yep, did a couple resi deals, but ninety percent was doing commercial deals. All commercial there, and did okay, not great, um, because I was still being subsidized by my mom was sending me money to cover my nut. Makes it easier. Makes it a lot easier. So no fire, no drive. Yeah. Um, broke up with a girl that I moved out with six months later after moving out there. Um, because I found that coming to Vegas with some guys that weren't members of the LDS uh, was culture more, was more fun. And one of the guys had an Amex black card, so we're at the Wind Tower Suites going to Trist, uh, getting the grotto over on the side. I loved Trist. Um, going to the, getting that, the grotto place over on the left hand side oh, I know. on, on yeah, the water. I know. I know what you're talking um, about. And doing that, and a boy from Canandaigua, New York, and doing that all of a sudden, you're like, whoa! Bright likes big city, buddy. <laughs> Bright what's going on city. with this? And next thing you know, a uh, 5'10", leggy blonde, takes me to dance on the dance floor, and we're doing shots of Cuervo on the dance floor, and I thought I was a king, and then she says, you want to go up to my room? I go, yeah. She goes, okay, it'll be $2,000. <laughs> and I thought, welcome gonna, to Vegas, I'm like, folks. wow, you're going to pay me $2,000 <laughs> to go upstairs with you? That's all. She's like, no. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. So that oh, was like, wait, city, like country I see mouse. What, I see what's going yeah, on here. Mouse, wait a second. The city mouse, and I was like, okay. So that, that woke me up to Vegas really quick. Yeah. I yeah. see what's happening here. Yeah. Had oh, about man, a year of funny. that and got, got bored of that and then uh, ended up actually uh, converting. And I was Mormon. Um, they they got me. Whoa. Yeah. Really? LDS. really? Yeah. I, I went to one of the guys in my office and I said, how come you guys are happy all the time? What What is it? And they said, oh, let's t-. I go, well, listen, don't give me the Book of Mormon. Yeah. I have ADHD. There's not enough pictures in there. Hit me with the highlights. They got me with uh, Mormonism for Dummies. It's a book. <laughs> There's a book called Mormonism, Mormonism for, for Dummies? Dummies. Yep, got me. So and you I get the L- so are you still in the LDS church? No, no. no I left uh, 2020. 2020. Yeah, I bounced January of 2020 when COVID was just rolling out. Yeah, and so became a member of the church. Um, then met my wife online on an LDS uh, website. My now ex-wife, but that's how we met. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, and she's great. And we have um, she um, she I have a bonus daughter. 
Um, she had a, uh. a, a she had a daughter from um, from before. She's a widow and had a, a daughter from before who was six years old. And mm-hmm. Izzy's now nineteen and goes to UNLV and is awesome. Um, we go for petties. That's her currency. <laughs> That's her currency. We thing. go for pedicures. And um, and then we had um, Alexandria. Alex is going to be thirteen um, in July, and then uh, Jack is six. Nice. Yeah. Well, the question: yeah. Did you ever do exceptionally well as a real as a realtor or, um, or as an agent? I always did okay. Like I me. Mean, <sighs> I was doing stuff as a realtor. I, was, I, I did stuff in Canandaigua. I did stuff in St. George. was out of the box. Yeah. But I was way ahead of everybody else um, in terms of knocking on doors and farming mm-hmm. and consistently staying in front of people. Um, that's something that if the systems were in place, like there weren't CRMs back then. No. There was nothing you know, I, you're talking about 0506 that time. I, oh, I, I, yeah. I, I remember. Com- I remember coming to Vegas. I can't, I moved to Vegas. I already had a real estate license, and I had become a. I'd, be, I'd gotten a license after I was on The Apprentice, and then we sold out of my tech firm. And then you know, I was basically sitting at home, and the, the girl that won my season, The Apprentice, was like, "Oh, get a real estate license. It'll be fun." That's how I got in the business. Yeah. And we were doing condo conversions for Sunvest all over the place. If you right remember on. them. And uh, of course, moved here and met a girl. But anyway, when I first moved out here, coming out of the tech world that I was in, into, into Vegas here. Like I built a website just out, out of flash. It was a recruiting website. It was, it was a recruiting f- flash. And I was like the yeah. first person to know how to use email spiders and stuff. And I just, I crawled the, what was then the GLVR cause they didn't realize that if you put everybody's email address there, you could just crawl and grab them all, Hello, yeah. grabbed them, grabbed them all down, yeah. had an email server. And I was the first person like hammering everybody. So I moved out here, uh, started a team. And just cause I was good at that stuff. I hired like 25 people in like two days right. <laughs> and I had no lead source. I had nothing. I didn't matter. <laughs> just, matter. And it, it just figured it out. And, yeah. and I'm proud to, I'm proud to say that that business is still alive today and uh, it's still here. That's so what's well, funny, but, but yeah, that's, that's funny that we did that, but yeah, having those advantages and doing those things. So at what point did you find title insurance as, uh, as being the niche, man? I was, uh, ended up getting auto real estate when the bubble burst. Okay. So 0809. What'd you do? Um, what'd you do during that went time? Went back. I went into, back into food and beverage. Uh, and my 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 wife and I at the time opened up Fargo's Drive Through in Santa Clara, Utah, right next door to St. George. Okay. And uh, and I think it was 2010. I was I won like eight awards for um, St. George Magazine. Uh, you know, it's it, like like Best of Las Vegas yeah, kind sure. of thing. And so I was best chef. I have no culinary training. It's all marketing. <laughs> It's all semantics. Yeah. It's all just, I mean, I put a ballot on every single tray or every, every order that went out and highlighted every single category that we qualified for. Right. Best milkshake, best lunch, just best French sure fries. Just make sure you vote them all. And then I did it and won. <laughs> just one of them. And just it was, asking for it the was votes. hysterical. And the thing with the restaurant business is it, it becomes your mistress for anyone that's been in it. Oh, you yeah. know. And so and it's also, so you're there all the time. Yep. You never see your family. Nope. And it's feast or famine every yep. single day. The Widowmaker. Yep. It's and so it became great, then not so great. But also, I, I have a background in, in, in digital strategy and digital marketing. Um, I was doing stuff on America Online back when we owned the college housing complex. Mm-hmm. And I had tenants of mine doing testimonials on their America Online pages saying, hey, I, I stay at the Brentwood Apartments. If you're going to Felix Community College, call Jeff Fargo. Here's his phone number. I was getting business that way. Yeah, it was before anybody even thought to do they that. They knew it. And so I did that and grew a, a sizable um, Facebook business page. This was before you could do Facebook ads, before like, you know, anybody organically could, or not, smaller, <laughs> smaller people. Like, I wasn't Ford Motor Company. Yeah, you could actually compete. Though. So they wouldn't talk to me. But I could, if we were having a slow day, push something out and go, print this out, bring it in, and get a free small milkshake with any purchase. Next thing you know, 20 people walk in the door. <laughs> I was like, holy crap. Works this for me. Pretty cool. And so- 
I've always been in that space and always been, and that's evergreen. Yeah. Um, and I went from that to doing stuff on MySpace to Facebook. And now I'm, you know, YouTube and I'm massive on Google. Um, I do Google reviews. I'm over 8.5 million views um, on my reviews on Google. Mm -hmm. um, I play very well in the Google ecosystem. Mm -hmm. And so that's really what now, that's the water I'm, I'm currently playing in. So is that, but Talon Escrow was, I'm sorry. You skipped so, a step. Right, so yeah. got, so was, so was, was the restaurant business were like, we can't do this anymore. The company that I hired, that I hired to do our website, um, Innovation Simple, uh, Gavin Levitt, the guy that, Gaden Levitt, the guy that owns it, said, hey, I need a business development guy. You're really good. Mm -hmm. Like I see what you're doing at Fargo's, why don't you come work for me? Went to work for him for about two years, did some stuff in St. George, but then about a year in, he said, hey, why don't you go check out Vegas? Um, Trying to drive some sales Vegas down there. Vegas is booming. Why don't you go look? So I ended up, I became Cato Kalen for about a year. I lived in a casita in Roma Hills. Um, that's, as, right. as See, as look that, that's where I live. There you go. Yeah, right. I was a casita <laughs> in Roma Hills. What, and what street? What I street was, I was there for, I don't remember? remember anymore. <laughs> I don't. I could, I, I'd have to look it up because I, I was there for a year and I'd stay here for the week and then go back to St. George back on the weekends yep. to be with my, to be with my family. And I worked for, um, I worked and I was went, this is back when the chamber of commerce here was above the Apple store in town square. Yep. And I became the guy that I'd sit in their like common area on my laptop. Whenever they bring in new members, Oh, this is Jeff Fargo. He can help you with your Facebook page, your website, SEO and all that. Mm -hmm. And it was like shooting fish in a barrel and did very well at that. Um, and then got poached by Greenspun Media Group. Uh, they brought me in to do ad sales for them. And I was account exec for them. And that's when I got that job, we moved here. And that was mm -hmm. a little over 10 years ago. Um, then moved the family here, was at Greenspun for about three and a half years. Um, was great with the digital sales, the online web-based yeah. stuff, but print, I was terrible. Hmm. I was terrible at print ad sales. Um, and found out very is it, quickly. Is it because you didn't believe in it? I just, it's, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's I'm just, just not a fan of it. It just it, antiquated. The ROI, it, it, for me, the ROI wasn't there. And it, was, it was a hard sell. Yeah. I was there with some great people. My boss was amazing. Um, good company. Um, Brian Greenspan's great, yeah. but it was like, I just can't do this. Yeah. And so got see, that, out that's, and that was it. See, okay, let, well, that's a good, that's a great lesson for those of you listening at home right now. If you do not 100% believe in what you're selling, you are never going to be good at selling it. Ever. If you are, like for example, I think this is a problem that a lot of realtors are having right now is because they're having this crisis of confidence because they don't understand how to present the current market conditions to people as a good time to buy a house. And I think, the answer, the answer to that question is, and I'm going to answer that question, which is, it's not always a good time to buy a house. And, and it's the truth. What you have to do is you have to find out your client's wants and needs. You have to understand that if they're going to hold the house for longer than seven years, if they're like, I need a house for two years, it might not be the best idea. But if they're going to be there for seven, interest rates come, interest rates go. They're buying the house. If you rent, you are, you're still buying a house. You're just buying the landlord's house, if you That's say right. that. And it may make sense, but it's a case-by-case -case informational basis. But I think too many people, in, in whatever they do, get this blanket opinion and don't look for individual situations. So uh, I love that you said that you couldn't sell the print because you didn't believe in it. Couldn't do it. They, you'll, yeah. It's the same with anything. You'll, you're never going to be good at selling shit you yep. don't believe in. They, and they, they, they fired me. Best thing that ever happened to me was, <laughs> was, was being fired from Greenspun, and they, they should have. Yeah. Um, and so got out of that. Um, I worked for about three months for a uh, commercial real estate software company. They were still scaling up, and so that didn't work. Mm -hmm. And then I was on unemployment for about four months. Um, ended up watching all of Sons of Anarchy <laughs> and um, got addicted to the Ellen DeGeneres show. I got a question. 
what was the, cause, cause I've, I've never done this and I've, I'm curious. What was, what was the, what was the psyche like? What did it do to your self-esteem? What did it do to your psyche? What did it do to you as a person? It was a gut punch to do that. Um, it really, it, it, it really realigned my ego. Yeah. Um, being in sales, we all have that bravado. Sure. We all have that presence that we walk into a room with the smartest guy in the room. Of course. That always happens. And when that happens to you where you're not the smartest guy in the room because we're firing you, mm. um, it's very humbling. And you tend to take a step back and audit what you bring to the world. What is it that you do? And you kind of do a SWOT analysis to say, all right, what strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, yeah. what is it that I'm bringing to the world that I can help make money off of what I can do? And, but also what can't I do? What, it's okay to say no. Uh, any of my clients here, I tell all of them, the most powerful word you have in your lexicon is no. Mm. You know, just because we live in Las Vegas, prostitution's not legal. You don't <laughs> say yes to everybody because they're gonna pay you. <laughs> you just don't do that. Don't do that. Um, you don't wanna be that person, regardless of you're in real estate or not. Mm. You're in sales, you don't wanna do that. And so that was a, a big one for me. Um, started taking indoor cycling classes and did, did it put did, did it put you in like a, a depression did you um, did, did you go into quicksand did you yeah i mean a, a little bit but what i did was is uh one day went with my my wife at the time took our daughter to the henderson multi-generational center to do a pottery class right next door was um a guy doing indoor cycling i was mm. at the time and then i was 75 pounds heavier than i am now mm. started taking classes there um, and he was the sales manager for one of the biggest title companies uh, in the country um, and was here in town. And after about three months, four months, he said, hey, why don't you come be a rep for me and do title and escrow? And I said, I know nothing about title and escrow. Nothing. And he said, neither did I 13 years ago. And now here I am. We'll train you. Um, you know marketing. You know real estate. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I like you as a person. So he brought me in. And that's kind of that, that's how it started. Mm -hmm. um, and they gave me a long leash to run on. Um, I started doing Periscope videos and this was seven years ago. Yeah. So I was going into some of the biggest agents here in kids town. Are, kids are like, what the hell is a Periscope? Oh yeah. They have no idea. Owned by Twitter. Yeah. Shelf come and go. 24 yeah. Hours. Come and go. yeah. But it, it, it's the original Facebook live. Yeah. Let's just say yeah. that. Yeah. There, yeah. There you go. Right? That's and I, list. and I ended up getting into, um, I met with Florence Shapiro and Ivan Shure and I said, Hey, I know that you already have escrow and title relationships, but I have a marketing tool that you're not using mm -hmm. and you guys are really good at what you do. Can I just come to some open houses and just start doing some Periscope videos? And I'm like, yes, absolutely. Next thing you know, it ramps up. Mm -hmm. And they start seeing what I'm doing. Other agents are seeing what I'm doing. So that's, a, that's an interesting thing you just said. So if, if you know, again, you know, there's, there's always, I look for the little lessons in the stories, yeah, man. Yeah. I look for the little lessons. And I think that that's a great lesson, which was, for those of you that don't live in Las Vegas, he's, he, he threw some names out, which was Florence Shapiro and I have a chair. And... Florence has passed away since um, Ivan is now the sole master of that craft mm -hmm. or of that, of that business. But it, you're talking about Ivan is the biggest luxury agent in Vegas. I mean, he's, he's a monster yeah. business, yeah. Um, you know, we monster business and Ivan's a wonderful human. He's one of my mm -hmm. friends and the, you're a brand new guy in the business. And if you're in sales, take that story for, to, to heart because what he did was he, he had enough, belief in what he could offer this person that he didn't, it didn't matter. This was the number. These were the number one people it didn't matter. He had enough belief in what he had to go right to the top because here you are going from nobody knows who the hell you are yeah. to now you're in these videos with the, the top two people in our industry at yeah. that time in Vegas. 
and how much how much easier was it to climb down than it was to climb oh, up? It, infinitely easier. Infinitely. Um, I, I always try to go to the top decision makers. I'm a confident guy yeah. and I, I'm not going to waste anybody's time. Mm -hmm. um, I'm very tactical with my time. I tell everyone, defend your calendar. Mm -hmm. Always defend your calendar. Uh, don't, it's okay to not take a meeting with somebody. Yeah. Uh, you know, Vegas is the biggest waste of time ever <laughs> with events and everything else that goes on here. Pick and choose. I, I, don't, I, I normally don't take meetings unless there's an agenda. Right. I just want right. to do it. You need to be strategic with what you're doing. And so yeah. that's, that was my approach. And when I'm going to all these top producing agents and brokers in town, to say, hey, I have the full faith and backing of a $8 billion company is what I'm working for, but I'm not going to walk in with bagels and, yeah. you know, and a lunch and learn. And here's some, uh, you know, here's sandwiches. And a desktop and calendar. Here, here's our app, <sighs> you know. Yeah. Um, no, I'm just not going to do that. We have all that stuff. It's great. But no, I want to do something that's ground and pound right now. going to help you with your business. I'm going to listen to you also. I mean, sales 101 is find the pain, sell the pain. Mm -hmm. That's it. So yeah. what struggle are you dealing with? Um, I, I always say a challenge. I don't say problems. Problems are insurmountable. Challenges can be overcome. Mm -hmm. What challenges are you facing right now in your business? And I listened. And if, if I can help, I will help. And I will even maintain a relationship with you weekly, monthly, whatever, to be your accountability partner to help you become better and evolve at your business. Mm -hmm. That's what I do. And I'll never judge you. I'll never lie to you. And also whatever we talk about stays in complete confidence I tell everyone, I'm from New York. Yeah. I have a big trunk and a shovel and where all the freaking bodies are buried, <laughs> man. I know. But when you work with me, I don't share with anybody else. I don't have to. So essentially, it's it's funny. You, for the agents, I mean, we're kind of going fast forward a little bit, but that's okay. Yeah. So for you, for those of you who aren't, aren't in the industry, aren't in the real estate industry, you don't know what we're talking about. So title insurance and escrow is a, is a part of the process and it is a very lucrative part of the process. And in title companies hire reps to go out and solicit business from really the realtors mm -hmm. because trying to go consumer direct, it, it's, it's a, it's a product that doesn't make sense to market consumer direct because it's freak. It's purchased so infrequently. It's just every time you buy a house, which is what every on average seven years for Correct. people. Yeah. So it just doesn't, it just doesn't make sense. Like if you go to somebody right now and ask them, what was the name of the title company? Close that. They probably don't no remember. Idea. Right. So you market to the source of the deal, which in most cases is the agent. Mm -hmm. Right. So rather than, you know, you know, an amateur would walk in and try to expound all of the, the brilliance of, of their product of what it does. Now, for example, I'll give you a better example. I just went to it right before I met with you, somebody from my neighborhood. I, 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 I don't list property anymore unless it's in my neighborhood. It's the only place I list, I list homes personally just because I want to protect the value of my house by not having some numb nuts that doesn't know what they're doing exactly to give right. a house in my neighborhood. Exactly right? right. So I got a call right before I came here and I stopped into a house and, and walked around and looked at the house. And, and you know, the, the, it's a total flip, gut redo, and it's, it's, it's good. And the guy wants a lot for foot with it. I mean, he, he wants to crush a record in there per foot. At the end of it, I said, uh, you know, I can come back later. I just want to see the house today. I've said, I can come back at some point and do a whole dog and pony show, but we all do the same shit. Amen. <laughs> I said, I said Amen. I'm not going to show you. Everybody's going to say the same thing. Yeah. Right. And exactly. he was like, Nope. And I appreciate you valuing my time. I'm good. I got everything I need to see just from talking to you. So that's the idea. But yeah. the idea was rather than pitch the bullshit, it's yeah. let me cut to the chase of how I can really help you. Exactly. Right. And I like to say, you know, nobody wants to see the sausage get made. They just want it on their plate. That's exactly. all they care about. Yeah. So you kind of made a name for yourself by doing that, by assisting other, by, by going right to them and saying, look, I'm going to facilitate yeah. myself as, as a coach, yeah. not even as, forget I'm a title rep. Yeah. I care. That's how you pay me. Yeah. 
I, I'm more interested in helping you make money. Exactly right. And I think again, you know, the problem isn't people need title insurance. The problem is they need more business. Yeah. And if you can help them do for themselves, because obviously with RESPA, we're, we're, you know, all of our title companies are very RESPA compliant. Absolutely. We don't do that in my business. Yeah. But if you can help them help themselves, I think it's a better move. Yeah. And I was, and luckily what I did worked. Um, Facebook ran their algorithms and saw what I was doing on Periscope. And I was the first one in the real estate vertical to get Facebook live. Mm -hmm. And so what I did was took the entire uh, realtor roster from here, Galvar roster, dumped it into a target audience, all the email addresses, mm -hmm. and did a video campaign of me saying, hi, I'm Jeff Fargo with Blah Blah Title. And if you're seeing this, I can help you get in front of the exact people <sighs> that need to work with you. Click below for more information. How much do you miss the targeted audience in Ooh, Facebook? I could oh do lines of credit people God. had opened. I could get someone that oh like my. went to Stanford for their master's, owned a Paris, that, drove a Buick. Like, oh, oh God. That, that, when they pulled, the good old days. When they pulled that yes. down, oh. that was the hardest part of hit. Me died. Part it, of me died. It, it did. A little part of me it died did. when that happened. And even, oh. it, and, and that's, you know, I, tr I try to combat it a little bit with geofencing. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, you know. But those are the true good old days yeah. of oh, Facebook man. ads and people didn't get it. So there was scarcity. So I was the only one doing it. Well, don't, okay, don't kid yourself. It's still happening. Just oh, the, the average yeah. Joe just doesn't have the no money idea. to make that yeah. happen. And they don't know to do like do retargeting campaigns yeah, yeah, that, and that, all that. that yeah. you no, know, but that, that, you yeah. and I, even even being good at yeah. this, we don't have that. But it's that still happening. It, it's it, and so that was to me that was huge. It was it was good enough for me that I was recognized my third year a DPK award at at First American Title recognized top one percent in the nation mm -hmm. um, from what I did because my year over year increase in revenue was like one hundred and eight percent or one hundred and ten percent increase in revenue, and it was all digital strategy. Yeah, and I was the only guy in town beating that drum, um, and I still. That's my jam. Yeah. I, I'm, well, I mean, but it's, it's much more than Facebook now. It's almost everything. Yeah. Um, at, at 52 years old, I'm on TikTok doing dance videos with my 12-year-old daughter, <laughs> you know, which are freaking hysterical. And I love it. Yeah. Um, but it's putting yourself out there. Um, now it's all video. Like, you know, everything. With, with everything now is video is evergreen content. And people are so afraid of judgment, um, especially realtors, that they won't do videos. And I which tell I've, all Which them, I find crazy. It's bananas. I yeah. find that to be I crazy. Agree. I mean, obviously we're sitting in a studio in yeah. my real estate company, which yeah. is open for all of our agents to use, which is, we, but we build it for that reason. You know, we're, we're, we're very much on that same. You thing. have to be putting out videos literally every day. Yeah. Everything from YouTube to short tail stuff on Instagram, TikTok, Snap, Facebook, everything. You need to be omnipresent in front of your audience and always building your audience. You know, for people out of market, I always use the, the analogy about Glenn Lerner is the big, a personal injury attorney because here. you know his jingle everyone knows his freaking jingle <laughs> yeah. and i tell everybody you need to be the glenn learner of your soi in your neighborhood mm -hmm. that they when they wake up in the morning and they go to bed at night they are seeing you hearing you they get a voicemail drop from you a mailer an ad somewhere an email a text something mm -hmm. every day they're getting that from you yeah. because even though you're going to buy or sell a house once every five to seven years you're going to know someone who wants to move here or someone in your in your neighbors wants to move. You go. Oh, you know what? I want to talk to talk. Call John Gafford. I don't. I don't know him that well. Yeah. We bought a house from him a couple of years ago. <laughs> but this son of a bitch is sending me something every day. Yeah. Well, don't no. Don't kid him. yourself. All the clients that we work with know who we are. Five years. Oh, later. I, they I know all that. Know who we are. But, but that's <laughs> but that's know. a lot of agents. That's the they don't. challenge they have. They what's don't. What, they what, don't what, do what, it. what is the, what's the figure? It's something. It's something egregious. Like eighty five percent of people 
don't use the same agent twice. Yeah. It's, it's like 85%. Bananas. It's, it's which bananas. Is, which is 100% not based on the job that you did. Yeah. It's on the job that you stopped doing. Correct. Going forward. If you want exactly to keep right. your clients, you can't stop recruiting them after the sale. You've yeah. got to continue. That's to what do it begins. That. You've it's earned what, the right. Yes. You've that, earned the right. It's so much cheaper to keep a previous client than it is to get a new one. Yeah. And yet people, people don't do that. Yeah. They don't do that. Yeah. All right. So well, if you yeah. had to give any bit of advice to somebody getting, if, if, if they're, let, let's, I mean, you've done a lot, you took a lot of chance, you did this, but let's talk about if you had to give one solid piece of advice to anybody with, with, cause there's going to be some job change, man. There's going to be some, the people are going to get laid off. And I'm telling you right now, if you have a job that is, that is, if you have a job that is a line item on a PL somewhere, and as the market changes, there is somebody, let's just put, I mean, we'll just, we'll make this as ominous as we can. There's somebody in a dark room <laughs> yeah. and yeah. they've got a red, they've got a red pen. Oh yeah. And they're looking down the PL and they mm -hmm. see, hmm, what is this number? Yep. What does this person do? And then they're going to strike it. And there's a lot of people that are going to get redlined yeah. off of PLs. Yeah. And a great place for you to land if you're, if you're moving out is in the sales industry. Mm -hmm. Because again, if you're in the sales industry, you can pay for yourself. You can justify your own existence. All day. So if I'm somebody that's thinking about getting in the sales industry, what is, what, give, me, give me a couple things that I have got to know if I'm thinking about making that jump. Don't sell me. Yeah. Don't expect to sell me. Earn that right. Make, you want me to talk about me. That's the best thing I could talk about is me. So have zero expectations to close anybody, especially in the beginning. Form the relationship. Pour a solid foundation where you're helping them. Help them out. Uh, there's people to this day, if I see on Facebook they're sick, I'll send them chicken noodle soup. Mm. Amazon Prime. Done. Two hours. It's there. Mm. With zero expectations. Mm. You know, help people. But not just if you're selling widgets they might not need your widget at that point in time. Yeah. Right. But they're super cool. And you have other things like you're both parents or you both like certain things. You'll play golf together, mm -hmm. build that foundation and be a good person. Just karma, 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 karma. Um, the way things are now, people can see, Someone, if you're coming sideways at them, especially here in Vegas, everyone's selling you something. <laughs> Always. Everybody's selling you something here in Vegas. Always. And so you've got the shield is already up. Yep. So you're not going to, stop beating your head against stuff like that. Mm. Be a good person and come from a position of empathy. Listen to them. Put your phone down. Talk to them mm. and see how you can help them. Yep. With zero expectations of benefiting, benefiting yourself from that. Your benefit is help them. Acts of service is my biggest love yeah. language. Well, people love it. Well, people can I, people can smell smell it on you. Oh, yeah, commission server. breath. They can smell it on you. Yeah, you get commission server. breath. You're, and they're out. I'm yeah. out with anybody. Um, and so th that's the biggest one to me. I, I tell everybody is give, just give, and you always have something. Your time, your talent, money, whatever. But give. Well, you know, it's one of my favorite new quotes, and I, I wish I could remember which one of my friends said it because it was one of them. <laughs> they said. That uh, a giving with expectation is not giving; it's trading. Exactly right. And I exactly that was, right. I so that just you, we, we all have something, and it could be just your attention, because we're all fighting battles and wars on a mm -hmm. daily basis. We're all waging those, and for you to come into someone's life could be for just a few minutes of positivity, and you're listening to them, give them a hug, 
you could turn them around. Leave them better than you found them. Exactly right. That's how you do so it. So that's, to me, that's it. All right. Well, if they want to find more of you, Jeff, where do they find you on social? Where can boy, they get, where boy, can they connect Jeff. with you? Jeff.Fargo, Instagram, okay. TikTok. I'm all, yeah, just Jeff.Fargo. And you can't miss this, you know. See, that's that's another good tip. Beautiful is giant every, head. Everything should be consistent across all your social Absolutely. platforms. Jeff.Fargo. That's it. That's, that's it. it. I love that. All right. Well, if you're listening to us on uh, one of the what it is, uh, one of the podcast apps, either Apple or uh, Spotify. Make sure you give us a five-star review because the more reviews I get, then the more people we can get in here to help you guys. And if you're watching us on the YouTube, uh, make sure you give us a high review, like, comment, subscribe, and do all those things. But anyway, Jeff, thanks for so much for stopping by, man. I love, I love, I love the nuggets of wisdom. I love all of those things. And, uh, and remember, guys, if you're going to move, keep moving forward. We'll see you next time. Hey, it's John Gafford. If you want to catch up more and see what we're doing, you can always go to thejohngafford.com where we'll share any links that we've, things we talked about on the show, as well as links to the YouTube where you can watch us live. And if you want to catch up with me on Instagram, you can always follow me at thejohngafford. I'm here. Give me a shout.